and thank you for for joining inside. I think we we're right on uh, like the usual time that we've been for um, the attention span of our listener. <laughs> like an hour and fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> your your listeners have a great attention span. If you're willing to listen to this for a fucking hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome everyone to uh, yet another fun-filled episode of uh, what's the name of this Fairweather Friends? <laughs> I almost said the name of the uh, of the uh, uh, whatever. Um, with me as uh, as usual uh, is John Lloyd. Hello. I thought you. Our... I liked the idea last time we chatted of you changing it to Foul Weather Friends. Foul Yeah. I mean, I guess that. <laughs> Guess I don't think that makes more. Uh, not, I guess we have a new we have a new uh, producer on board. Um, those of you that follow me personally on the Instas and the Facebook have probably met um, our newest family member. Well, our meaning me. It's just me. <laughs> uh, I'll, so you've seen, you've I'll seen pictures Poe. of, of Poe. Consider Poe family on my end. Poe is a. Uh, shelter dog that uh i obtained yesterday and yeah he's cute as shit stupid little jerk um what, what what's what's the mix what do you think the mix is so the website says long-haired chihuahua which i see that uh but there's yeah. something else there i don't know if it's uh, the dark Sunday. yeah yeah there, there's something else in there I, um, yeah because he seems longer yeah to his shortness mm -hmm. he should be and he's kind of got those weird like stubby like like bow leg you know like dachshunds have uh, those, uh -huh. those weird uh, like yeah. bow leggy things yeah yeah like they're puffing their chest out um he's also got <laughs> kind of a crow magnon forehead going on there which definitely looks chihuahua to me he did, yeah yeah <laughs> chihuahua it's a cute dog. or pomeranian yeah so he's uh he's he's uh <laughs> He's been interesting. It's just today. He's... Magnet forehead. <laughs> he's moving around behind you, and I'm watching him. Yeah, because it's got this big, like, softball-shaped forehead. It's cute. Yeah, um, he's very. Uh, so you know, when they brought him out for for me to meet him yesterday, um, he was very, very timid, very you know, wary of people. Not in a like an aggressive way, but just like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get yeah. near you. I don't want to touch me. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing and you know very tail between legs kind of thing and he's mm -hmm. he's definitely the culture more, war is weighing on him yeah he he <laughs> and he was super just um like uh triggered by every noise you know like door closing next door mm -hmm. and then you know yeah. he was just and he he kind of is still getting there um he still is a little like you know when i go to when I stand up abruptly or when I go to like pick him up, he's like, Oh, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is fine. How old is he? Three. That's what they said. So he's, he's young. That's yeah. Great. He's young, but he's not a, he's not a puppy. So he's super um, chill. Yeah. That's pretty much what he did uh, all day yesterday. I just put a, you know, I had to order all the stuff 
all of his supplies and whatnot sure uh from amazon and so i just you know put a blanket down on the, on the ground and uh he was he doesn't really get up and walk places so like he'll <laughs> so i'll pick him up and i'll he just, just levitates yeah. well i'll just yeah, i'll okay. pick him up and like i'll put him on the bed or i'll put him on the couch next to me and sure. he doesn't he doesn't try to jump down or get off he just but like today you know i started getting some tail wags in the morning like when i got up and uh and then he came and ate a little bit more of uh some of his his food which he which is good because he wasn't into yeah. it too much yesterday but yeah. understandable sure uh, but then as I was getting ready, like he was just standing out in the, in the, uh, like the dining room area and he could see me getting ready, but he was just standing there looking at me and kind of like whimpering a little bit. And I was like, what, what's up? Like, come on in. And he just stood there mm-hmm. and I was like, I can see you, but you're not here. I don't really understand why. And I don't, <laughs> I don't. So, you know, I got dressed and then it came out and then he was okay. And then he was, just, oh, okay. but he's still just um i don't know maybe he has some abandonment issues who knows well, you know he'll take some time to get used to it i we used to we had fostered dogs over the last couple of years a few times and they'd come in from a rescue group um and they were um it was always a i mean you know i'm a fucking dog fan like it's not news to me to take care right. of dogs but it's been a while since we had them and I, we were definitely fostering with the intent that, well, we'll just get a dog out of this. And um, with that in mind, it's really surprising that every time we would get another one, all of us would find a reason. Like, I, I don't want this anymore. I don't mm. want this anymore. Done. Let's just get through this foster and be done with it. Yeah. Um, but every and then we do it again for some reason mm-hmm. we foster another one and decide yeah i don't like this i don't want this dog around um and part of it is that they were big dogs like uh some of one of them was remarkably big um yeah. they were all really young and they had i don't know there was just something about them they were aloof all of them were aloof and i knew that they were all scared we'd give it time and they'd get eventually really comfortable with us but i just wasn't into it they're just too aloof the dogs didn't like jive with me i guess is what it was and then so finally this last dog um that kind of came our way back in september uh holy shit oh my god every possible itch was scratched immediately it was Uh this one was the right one so i'm really glad that we helped these other ones out to find um what do they call it forever homes right but there was never we went into it thinking yeah we're gonna get a dog out of this but every time we got one, we thought, I'm not ready to take on dog ownership again. We'll just foster some other time. And we'd do another foster round and mm-hmm. not jive with the dog. But uh, JJ is the one. And if you remember Jake, he's, no. I mean, he's like Jake, but uh, I don't know, 20 pounds bigger. He's just too, he's big. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big one. Um, uh, but um, it's just like Jake. So our the last real dog that we had he died when did he die 2008 or nine something yeah, like that I yeah remember. so it's been a while since we'd committed to an actual dog we were willing to open the door for some needy ones here or there but didn't want to get attached i know you how long how long ago did jocko die or not jocko i'm sorry isis um she uh i want to say three years in three years yeah 
and she was you know but so my my parents um were looking after her while i you know moved and got settled uh here mm-hmm. and and then her her health kind of started deteriorating a little bit so my parents you know the wonderful people that they are were like well why don't you just leave her you know this is this is the place best place for her. we're here all the yeah. time we're you know we can look after her and and of course you know they they get attached and i think my mom was you know very hopeful for like improvement but you know not you know once once health starts to deteriorate i mean it's it's sometimes a slow sometimes quick yeah. but slow downhill oh, yeah. um sort of thing and you it's it sucks but you have to find the timing um and she, so i think she, she would have been like have, 15 was she that old um no not quite maybe around i think she was 13 13 yeah if i'm not if i'm not mistaken um so i think you know just kind of checking on her my mom was that not that she was lying but just kind of like oh no 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 she's she's fine you know i'm taking good care of her she's okay when you know um but yeah i think uh, it finally got to the point when she lost her sight and probably a little bit of her hearing too and was just Mm -hmm. you know not not having a good a good go of it um yeah. You know, my mom was pissed, but my my brother who was there and my dad were like, no, 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 we need we need to do this. And yeah. you know, that's the fucking, you know, like George Carlin says, <laughs> you're not you're not uh getting a family member or a yeah. friend, you're you're getting a personal tragedy because so yeah, you know. hundred <laughs> percent shit. I, that's why we didn't want to fucking do it. Like every I time I'd meet a new one, I'd be like, This dog is fine, but I don't want to fucking tolerate it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to have to either put the dog down or watch it suffer. It's inevitable yeah. unless I die first. So is that a positive? <laughs> but fuck it. Those are my two options. Either I go first or this dog goes first. So I would prefer to, you know, I didn't want to invest myself in that experience again. So I was happy to just put the dogs through. And and my kids were getting pretty annoyed. They were both getting pretty pissed off that this would just happen again and again, where we'd say, oh, well, man. we have a dog for a little bit. It could be for a week. It could be for six months. It could be for a year, but we're helping this dog find its forever home. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> both were like, I really want a dog. What's this fucking forever home shit? Cause you keep bringing <laughs> him in and then ripping him out. Right. <laughs> and how do I tell him? You don't know what it's like, dude. I've been through bear and Jake. You've been through Jocko and Isis. And well, Prissy. Yeah. And Prissy. Prissy yeah. Well, and plus, Shit, you know, I my, forgot about Priscilla. My childhood dogs that that were r- removed, you know, mm-hmm. to quote unquote better situations, yeah. but we know what that means, you know. Yeah, the farm. Yeah, <laughs> the farm. Um, before I forget, I did since people have already been asking me on the on the on the Instagrams, um, you know about the name. And someone actually was pretty pretty astute about it, Poe. Like, so I decided to name him Poe, P-O-E. And uh, how I got to that, you want to get down? It's a cute dog, Andy. You can stay here. He doesn't like the, the cone of shame, but... Mm-hmm. So I was looking, I had my eye on the, the Humane Society... Like poses for new pets and you know unfortunately they get they get a lot of bigger uh larger dogs typically mm-hmm. 
And, and not that I'm averse to that. It's just, I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't, I have a little tiny yard right? and not that that would be impossible, but it's just, you know, I'm thinking, well, my house isn't that, that large either. And right yeah. now I'm working from home, but later on, you know, blah, blah, blah. So cool. I was kind of eyeing a smaller dog and he came up, I want to say on Monday or Tuesday. And, um, I had, I had thought about just going down there and I've, I went to the one of the branches a couple of times and then it, it didn't work out. I've talked myself out of it. Just, well, I, I need to wait until this point or I need to wait until the holiday or I need to wait until after this. So just, I, I was just trying to convince myself to not get a dog, I guess. Yeah. yeah, when yeah. I knew I wanted one. And so I just said, well, I can't go today or Wednesday, but if he's still there on Thursday, I'll go because I have time. Uh, mm-hmm. Thursday so I did and his so the name they gave him was Falcon <laughs> I know. you texted me that and I thought I originally I thought it was Falcor and I thought okay <laughs> like it's a never-ending story thing and I thought no, no I'm reading Falcon no 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 Falcon <laughs> uh so so my brain you know split into two branches when oh. I thought Falcon I'm like okay well what you know how, how do you come up with a name for a dog I mean most of the time a dog doesn't doesn't uh doesn't give a shit because that dog's name is going to be a multitude of names including you know buddy little dude little guy Mm -hmm. stupid fucker whatever Mm -hmm. all the names Um, all the names (laughs) so i thought falcon and my brain went two ways on one on one and it went okay well falcon birds i don't know he's kind of black raven ah Mm -hmm. raven and Marilyn poe uh, and then at the same time, the other part of my brain was like Falcon, Millennium, Star Wars, Poe Dameron. And so it just like intersected. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, sure. You know, synapses firing or whatever, but it, it, it coalesced it at this. meant something. It meant something to you. Poe. So, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just go with that. I like it. I like that name. I mean, I wasn't gonna, you know, the, <laughs> the counselor was telling me, he's like, don't. He's like, no offense, but you know, don't don't name him Bailey or you know, the, those are way too common names, and it's <laughs> and I've just never Montgomery. been uh, like a food kind of you know, like come here, marshmallow or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that can be a a pet pet name, especially if they look like marshmallows or potatoes or absolutely. But uh, uh, Mouse's cousin's dog is named Marshmallow. <laughs> um, it's cute. And they call her Marshy all the time. Uh, so I get in common around the house. It's Marshy. Uh, Come here, Marshy. And then she gets up there and then eventually somebody will actually call it Marshmallow. And I'm reminded, oh, yeah, the name's not Marshy. It's Marshmallow. Um, I, it's a fucking great name. I love that name. We had uh, J, or J, JJ is my dog's name. So he's our fucking forever dog. So this mm-hmm. is the one that I'll do to put in the ground someday. Um, JJ is his name. Apparently it's short for Jack Jr. Um, the family that had it, had it before us had, um, I don't know what its story is. I don't know why it's Jack Jr. But I thought, well, it looks exactly like Jake and Jack is almost Jake. So I guess the <laughs> fucking stars aligned and this is our dog now. And he's the greatest thing ever. And I'm super happy that he's in our life. Um, so we stuck with, like, his name is just JJ. Uh, we end up calling him Jage all the time. So that's kind of been it. And also Chooch. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why we call him Chooch. It's one of those fucking nicknames in my house. It's just Chooch. 
<laughs> so that's almost officially his name. We got him in September. So I guess he's still new to us. It hasn't been a year. It's not really new. And he doesn't feel new at all. It feels like an old shoe. Um, <laughs> it's great. Super comfortable. Yeah. He gelled. The, the fucking puzzle pieces really clicked immediately, which was surprising because there's usually that period of time where dogs are kind of uncomfortable with you and they yeah. need to get they need a little at least a couple of days to become completely gregarious and, mm-hmm. um he just fucking knew it he knew exactly where to go to go to the bathroom in the backyard which is exactly where jake would have gone he knows exactly where to how to eat his food in this one area and not make a big mess mm-hmm. I and mean, these are not like conscious things it's just nice um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh coincidences it all yeah. just sort of synced uh, he also follows me around like a shadow and I'm kind of a narcissist and I like that. He's just like into me. <laughs> He'll tolerate my kids. Mouse loves him too. She's not as interested in him as I am, but he just follows me around everywhere and I didn't have to beg for it. He just sort of clicked right in behind yeah. me. I'm, ha- I'm glad that you got Poe. I hope that, I hope that all the puzzle pieces come together immediately because it's pretty special. Yeah, he's not again like he he was wary of me. As soon as I got him home though, he was and once he uh he figured out that it was just kind of me and him for a while, he was kind of mm-hmm. like uh sup. So uh right, <laughs> I can do this and well, what yeah, I mean do? like he didn't like I said he stayed where I put him, so he didn't he didn't really try to leave. Like I picked him up and put him on the couch and he laid mm-hmm. next to me for a while and then uh but he was just still like whenever I'd get up like what yeah. what are you doing large right. large man um <laughs> it's a good thing uh it's a good thing that we both went to that uh session at the men's conference of how to be an alpha male in your family oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I'm, uh, that's a joke listeners we did not actually go to the <laughs> man's conference the man's conference thank god i didn't fucking <laughs> ever hear about that before i guess they have them now it's not oath keep- what were those the promise keepers that yeah, sounds like it's similar they they they're religious oriented you know how to how, I, to, how to be here <laughs> okay here's this <laughs> this is i'm going to interrupt you because this is wild. no no please this is a wild story that's uh, you know knowing what i know knowing what you know about me and how i fucking interact with people. Um, this is a crazy story. I met, uh, I met someone this week and I don't know, I'm not going to say hit it off. Yeah, I guess I hit it off. It's Uh a stranger. I went, met him because of work or, you know, whatever paths crossed. He's super fucking conservative. He's like fucking, Uh I'm not going to say full on QAnon, but I definitely got that fucking vibe. And this is not somebody that I want to be engaging with, but because it was sort of work-related, I, you know, I, I'm capable of acting like a human being. So I acted like a human being with him, and we ended up having to 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 talk kind of a lot over the last week, um, some over the phone and and some in person. And man, that guy, he and I would get into these conversations. Politics would come up. And I don't want to have a conversation with him about this. And he like flat out said, you know, at certain points, like, you're not fucking liberal, are you? And I said, I'm as liberal as I come, dude. Yep. And um, 
he'd start in and it's like, I don't, I, I guess I did this with my uncle whom I haven't really spoken with much in a long time. This was a few months ago. I did this thing with my uncle. He, he made a comment about Seattle. Are things as bad in Seattle as I hear they are? Is the question. <sighs> and I guess there was a real sincere thing that happened where I had no idea what the fuck he was talking about. And I, so I said that I said, what, what do you mean? And he said, well, it sounds like things are really awful there. And I said, well, I mean, like the biggest thing is the homelessness issue. And I went on a thing about the homelessness issue, but I didn't really address what he was saying. And I told him the homelessness issue is bad, but there are smart, strong people that are working on, on this between policy and program existing programs you know the the, the local and, and state government are all working on trying to house people that that are that are not housed and it sort of diffused and and for you know that roger's pretty fucking conservative mm-hmm. and i didn't want to have the conversation with him but it sort of diffused the whole thing and he said oh that's un- that sounds good so that's further back in time story related to the back in time story that i'm telling you about this dude this week this last week um i kind of did that same thing where he'd start in and it's like yeah i don't know that that's true and i wasn't a dick about it and i didn't get angry i just like genuinely reacted like huh that's a weird thing i don't it wasn't in, intentional either this is the thing that i'm so happy about in this regard it was sort of an automatic innocence okay like i didn't want to go into this conversation in the first place so I'm not looking at anything that's coming out as an attack. I'm just kind of caught off guard. Like, oh, that sounds like a weird thing to believe. And I'm curious why you think that. Talk about the news. Oh, I don't well, I don't watch Fox News, so I that's not a story that I've heard before. Yeah. So I can't have I said at one point, that's not a story I've heard before, so I can't have an opinion on it other than to say <laughs> that sounds weird. But no, man, you do your thing. I didn't even want to change and I told him, I'm not even trying to change your mind. there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to make you change your mind. So I'm just going to say that's weird and I'm not into it, but we're still buddies. At one point he asked, are we still friends? And I said, yeah, I think we are friends. I mean, yeah, we're friends. I'm not going to make this person a part of my life, but he and I ended up fucking connecting in a meaningful enough way that he's texted me multiple times and said, here, I'll tell you what he said blew my fucking mind when I read this. Where is this goddamn text? Hang on, hang on. I'm almost there. on a 5G phone? Because you know that's... Uh... Oh yeah, I'm getting, I'm sure I'm getting something from it. A microchip digitally installed by waves in my head. Yes. He said, uh, he says, hey, I'm on I-90 and thinking about our conversation today. We must be weighing on each other. I find myself questioning my beliefs and asking myself questions. Whoa. Probably a good thing that we both are looking at things a little differently. Wow. That's fucking insane. That it's insane. There's nothing, there's no other word for it because these are not outcomes that I would have expected if you had said, hey, you're gonna meet this dude in this particular business sector, uh, and you're gonna be talking about pollution prevention with him. And who gives a shit what we were talking about? Well, no, it is important because what I'm talking about is essentially environmentalism, which is anathema. Like in our minds, it's anathema to them. Yeah, but guess what? It wasn't. He's fucking fully on board. He was yeah. more than happy to talk about preventing pollution because it would, it, it helps to maintain the integrity of the local environment. 
I was, those are essentially the things that he was saying. I'm trying to sort of paraphrase. Anyway, fucking weird week, man. I, like I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call this person over to hang out with my family tomorrow. There are <laughs> friends that I would have that I would call to come and hang out with my family tomorrow. Right. You would be one of them if we were in the um. same city. Um, there are friends that I would call to hang out that, uh, you know, they're cool. I like them. We don't completely jive, but I like them enough that they come over. He's not in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. He's somebody that I would not want to lose. This is weird to say. He's somebody that I don't know that I want to lose track of. Like, I'd like no. to just maintain some kind of a, a human connection with this person. After a week of having been introduced to him or met him, uh, that's a remarkably quick turnaround time. And for considering where he comes from politically for me to be willing to embrace his humanity because somehow he and I connected on controversial issues. N not that we agreed on anything, but that we had the conversation and didn't and weren't repulsed by each other. Anyway, it's a weird, weird fucking event for me. And I can't, yeah, if it happens for you, then maybe the universe is changing, <laughs> right? It, it, yeah. This is not something I would expect in the universe. Well, maybe there's more, there's I think more good as, to come. As uh, liberals, we've gotten so used to, um, and, and, you know, I'll admit that sometimes, yeah, we can be insufferable uh, and shut down and just, you mm -hmm. know, not, not be willing because it's, it's that, what is it? What's the term? Defeatism that, well, they're not going to change their mind. So, you know, whatever, like it doesn't yeah. matter. And, and we've talked about this before and uh, it's, it's actually probably a good segue into uh, our, our music um, theme for today. But um, similarly to, because, you know, I've had friendships with conservatives in the past and it was just, I didn't think that that was really possible anymore just because of how yeah. much of that stuff is has bubbled over and oh, come yeah. to the top and um, you know, people are just sort of drawing their lines. Um, and then also acknowledging the fact that, well, you know, if we don't talk politics, my coworker, like she, she has um, she's not sure, but she has friends next door neighbors that she hangs out with, but she found out like one of them is one of them's a cop and the other one's that, you know, something like a Marine or something like that. Sure. So she's like, Oh, um, things that immediately like raise a flag and right and then yeah. you know well we have a privilege of being able to stay away from such you know hot hot topics as it were but <sighs> it's kind of like this is the, you a kind of accomplished exactly what i don't know if the, maybe it's the pie in the sky dream but just like we that's what we want like we want just people to think about where their perspective originates and and if that really truly resonates how they feel yeah. you know towards individuals towards society and all that and it seems like you at least got into that and that's that's what we want and and there were there like were we talked about the music thing it's like you know we spent all this time shitting on major label bands yeah. and and yeah. you know well punk rock you know bad religion sold out because they're on a major <laughs> label now yeah, right. and it's like that, but that's what you want. Like you claim the mainstream music is shitty. So you listen to this alternative yeah, I'm doing yeah. quotes. Uh, and then when they actually do get a little bit of mainstream posure, like, ah, oh, fuck that. I didn't want that anyway. 
I, there were multiple times in the course of our last in-person conversation um, where I wanted to jump on that. Like, why would you fucking say that to a person? No, of course she hates your guts. Right. Like it mm -hmm. doesn't worry about the details of it, but he would say, well, when this happens, I do this. I'm like, Well, this is why I, I wanted to jump in on behalf of the person that he was to sort of, to, I guess, fucking defend the person that he, he said was mad at him for a thing that he said and the way in which he said it, because that's the way liberals do. We're going to fucking fight our fight. Yeah. But I didn't. I just let him say what he wanted to say. And. That was one example. There were a couple of other times where I wanted to sort of jump in and say, well, you know what? That's fucking nuts. But I didn't. I just let him go. And what I said in the end of it was, man, I just don't see it that way. And I didn't get mad because I didn't. To speak to that concept of defeatism, there's a genuine defeatism in it. Like, I can't change this person's mind. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't try. I just said, I don't agree with you. And I didn't say it in an angry way, which comes from that defeatist, that other side of defeatism where, where it's like victimization. Like, well, I can't do anything, therefore I'm the victim in this. I didn't feel like a victim in that moment. I felt, um, uh, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? I felt defeated. Like this guy really believes some, some crazy things. It, mm -hmm. Directly conflicting ideas but they both mesh in his mind. I can't change his mind. I'm defeated, but I'm not a victim here. I didn't get angry and defensive. I just went, and I just don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. I can't agree with that. Or that doesn't sound right to me. No, I'm not changing your mind. I just doesn't sound right to me. And mm -hmm. I let it just fucking end at that. And then he, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. He had sent me a text. It was crazy. So I, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the lesson is for the entire universe is in it other than, I think it has something to do with the victimization thing. Like we're not victims. We can not react with anger, with defensiveness mm -hmm. in those moments when we have to interact with them. And um, maybe it changes minds. It's certainly a change for me because now I have to remember that I have to remember that I got to get on their, their same page too. I got to be happy to be an American. Right. Because if I'm not happy to be an American, I'm in opposition to, to that person. Dude from last week. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, if we're not countrymen, then we're, we're, two different things and I don't want to be two different things with them. I'd like us to just be in the same room together and not fucking tear each other's throats out. Yeah. I don't want to hear about the fucking laptop. I don't give a <laughs> shit about it. I don't understand it. I don't want to hear about oh, whatever the other thing he was talking about. I don't want to hear about it. Can we just, you want to talk about the Almond brothers, dude? He likes the Almond <laughs> brothers. And I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'd made time in my day to chat with him about that. I don't really like the Almond Brothers, but I appreciate things about them. So we talked about what I knew about them and he wanted to talk about his thing. And we shared information back and forth, like two separate consciousnesses fucking connecting, which was a unique experience because I don't want to connect with the random other consciousness out there. I'd rather not meet a lot of people. Yeah.
but I did. And it was a good thing for me too. I think it was good for both of us. And now I have this fucking weird connection with this crazy conservative guy. Not crazy. No. I don't I don't want to call him crazy. I think he's scared. I think he's fucking vulnerable. And I think he's um in some ways eager to show that vulnerability to somebody that's not gonna be a fucking dick to him if he's vulnerable. And I think that's what happened when we were we talked about abortion briefly and he had some stuff to he had some stories to share that I could have jumped all over and called hypocritical. Yeah. Because you just literally told me you had you, you have three partners that you made have an abortion because you didn't want to fuck them with a condom. You wanted to fucking bareback them and you didn't give a shit if you got him pregnant because you knew you could have him aborted. But now that you have a grandson, you're totally into it. That sounds hypocritical. I just mm -hmm. let him have his thing. I just didn't get mad. I sound like I'm getting mad, like recanting the story to you now. But yeah. in the moment, I just said, he said, you, how many of you, how many have you done? And I said, none. And he said, seriously. And I said, yeah. And he said, you always wore a rubber? And I said, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, dude, I've had three. And it was really easy. I mean, that's why I did it, because it was really easy. But now that I have a grandson, da, 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 and I let him go. Yeah. And instead of getting mad, I said, you had three, you had three abortions? He said, well, not he had, but. Sure. Was, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. The inciting incident. And he said, yeah. And I said, that's a lot, man. And he goes, yeah, it was a little weird. Like, it doesn't feel great. And I said, I know, I'm sure it doesn't. And I didn't like jump on him. I just asked him like a human to a human. What was that experience like? And yeah, it was not great. And I think that that, I don't know how that informs his current position, like psychically, maybe mm -hmm. he really regrets all this stuff and he's trying to prevent the rest of the world from making the mistakes that he meant or made, excuse me. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, but that's me, that's me trying to draw connective tissue between two completely different points. Right. That's a lot no. of effort. That's a lot of effort for me to have to fucking do for a stranger when I could just choose to get angry. And I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of myself for not getting angry. And I'm proud of myself for doing the fucking work of trying to connect with, with this guy, like a human. I don't know. I'm saying it out into the universe. I hope we all, I don't know. Just chill out and stop going think, for each other's throats. I think like, you know, so, you know, I guess the, the, the calls to action usually center around, well, you know, you don't, it's not fighting the battles for, uh, it's using the privilege that you have to, you know, hold others that have your same privilege uh, sure. accountable. So, yeah. you know, those of us that are, that are cisgendered, you know, white presenting men, you know, have a responsibility to hold other others. Hold um, on real quick. Do you consider yourself white presenting? Yeah. White passing. Mouse does too. That's wild. Neither. Of, no, I, no, I no never, not everyone does, uh, you know, people that I know, but people have, I, like I've made comments actually here in San Diego, not, not that long ago, uh, talking to someone, at a bar and saying something about you know i made a comment about oh well you know something something mexican americans whatever mm -hmm. and then his response was well why would you be concerned about that or why mm -hmm. would that affect you and i said oh well i'm i'm mexican american mm -hmm. um you know among some other things and he didn't it wasn't 
there was no ill intent. He was just surprised. He's like, oh, wow, I, I really? wouldn't have thought that. Um, you absolutely, maybe it's because I'm from El Paso. I don't know. It's not because I'm from El Paso. You look Mexican to me. Mouse <laughs> looks Mexican to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's weird. That's crazy. I, I never, I never thought. That's an interesting, we're diverting off topic, but I just think that's an interesting philosophical concept the personal what personal identity does yeah. i mean that yeah that's interesting that you, well, you don't see you don't see yourself the way others it's um matter it's for also, conversation later there's also others that you know within within our own culture i mean there's there's colorism involved in mm -hmm. oh too. for sure yeah. um but and so i think that's kind of where where that comes from but uh but my, my point in all this is just that just just as some of us have inroads uh, with certain groups where we can, you know, where it's maybe more accepted to have conversations and all that. It, like, absolutely. If you have an inroad with, with someone who is, you know, maybe, maybe that's the things that you have, <laughs> you have uh, a knack for uh, engaging with deeply conservative perspectives yeah for, I for got... some reason you know because because you are very we've talked about very... this yeah we've talked about this before this is not the first time well, you're, you're very uh deliberate and and um and logical when you when you talk about things and explain them so i think um you know especially finding other like-brained people that can really you know stop and listen and absorb information process it and then you know continue on with that instead of just yeah. you know like most of us just getting you know fuck you what do you mean yeah i think it's like a it, it felt like a it felt like i was hacking a program i've, I've, I've thought about this a lot actually i'm not going to say that this is without any previous consideration but the idea that you have an autopilot if left to your own devices, there's certain things that you are guaranteed to do. Mm -hmm. Patterns. It's patterns. Because their brains are fucking biological computers, right? So we get these set patterns in place. And I don't, I'm not necessarily talking about the concept of fate or that you are programmed to do one thing. Maybe we are. I don't... Biologically, I mean. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to talk about it like that because it starts to sound uh, more spiritual than I'm intending it to. But when I chose to not get angry and I chose to say, what do you mean? It was not automatic. I had to, for some reason was inspired in the moment and had to rest control with my conscious brain, my subconscious, like get the, uh, the pilot to control the autopilot computer mm -hmm. which i'm attributing obviously to the back of my head because that's where i'm pointing like as i move right. my hand around i just wanted that to make sense <laughs> otherwise i look like i'm swatting at flies or something um what was my point fuck now i'm completely off track um oh yeah i had to actively rest control of my impulse and choose to just say stuff like like with with my uncle Wait, what do you mean yeah and not in a in an aggressive way in a genuinely inquisitive way i think it forced a reset in the other person right so 
resting control forces a re of your own and responding in a in an unpredictable manner forces the person the other biological computer that's also in a fucking loop to stop and consider the new data that it wasn't expecting to get in i think both of our brains going into it expected that we're just going to be clashing on these right. things and then when one person said wait what the other one had to stop <laughs> step back and say oh and yeah I, this I is what that's... i meant let me yeah. explain further to you. You sound like you're interested in me. Now I want to be interested in you as opposed to just two forces butting up against each other. Um, and that's, and you know, that's, that's great. Um, I think where that kind of becomes, uh, where we see, I guess, uh, the other side of that is when, you know, that's the, that's the only um, manner in which they will listen. So, you know, I think that that kind of thinking perpetuates that, well, see, if you just if you just didn't get upset or didn't get angry or, you know, were calm and you didn't protest and didn't riot, then people would listen to you. And it's like you're you're telling you're still telling you're setting the expectation for how others react to um, being offended or being, um, you know, harmed or marginalized and and. I don't, it's like, you know, protest, but only in this, in these acceptable ways. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I see what you're saying. Protest on a grand scale. Right. In the streets. I, I think it's important to get attention. Um, but on the individual, it's the human to human thing. Which is mm -hmm. uh, this dovetails? This is this. I don't think this was intended. This dovetails amazingly well with OK Computer. <laughs> yeah, right. Which, by the way, let's. <laughs> sure, it's OK Computer. Five, five four, three, two, one. Pause. All right, and now we've segued yeah. into yeah, talking great. about yes, Radiohead's OK Computer. I. The idea that. Um, that so much of our life is cued into a computer now. And you're, you and I are having to maintain our human relationship via a computer. Um, and that the bulk of our day is informed by computers, I think is um, sort of why we're not sure how to interact like humans anymore. I don't know that those are the right words that I want to use, but, and, and it sounds like, well, fucking, of course, this is That's all dystopian shit right there. I mean, you know, when yeah, you describe it like it is. that, <laughs> it is, but it's also kind of common knowledge. We all fucking know it. Yeah. Every fucking one of us knows it. This I'm not breaking ground here. And I don't mean to say that I'm breaking new ground here. We all fucking know it. And when I, chose to operate more like a human being and not operate like a biological computer in the moment with another human being had a had a big fucking impact and i think that's pretty rad and i think that is part of why there was so much angst and melancholy and frustration and stress in tom york when he fucking wrote okay computer right. it was prescient he had a much lower threshold than the rest of us did for what digital back and forth 
mm-hmm. of information does to the human brain. This is where I start to delve into the sounding metaphysical in my conversation, but I think it is worth fucking saying that to jump from OK Computer back to um, dude I met last week. Um, it uh, none of this gets any better if we can't, if human beings can't be human beings with each other. We're too social a creature to pawn it off on on Zoom. Like my relationship with you mm-hmm. right now is um, it's distant, is shit. So, but you're a person that I'm willing to be this open with. Right. I'm, well, apparently, I'm willing to be this open with you, listeners. Uh, I'm not going to say that you know. There's some some dissonance in my words here too, but I would not have this conversation with a lot of other people. And I chose to have a conversation like this with somebody else, and and, and I think we all need to do it. I, like you may not have a super close friend uh, near you, but I think it's important to try to against your better judgment sometimes, make it with somebody, make that friendship with somebody. Um, yeah. It does nothing but good. I don't know, that's, that's, a, naive, that's a naive statement. It can do bad. <laughs> he, and I fucking told him too. I said, for all I know, you have a fucking gun and you're gonna pull it out and kill me. And he said, why would I do that? And I said, well, well it doesn't matter what. Yeah. But I, I just said, well, because that's all I'm told. I mean, I'm I'm told regularly by my newsfeed. I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend that the Repu- the the conservative side of this schism is the only side that is pumped information constantly mm-hmm. about the other side being awful. And so I called myself out on that. I guess and I said for all, and I told him I said, look. I, don't, I didn't want to have this conversation. For all I know, we have this conversation. You're going to pull a gun out. You're going to fucking kill me. And he was offended. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. But because I hadn't been, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not going to say it's because I hadn't been angry through that. But he didn't. And he just said he seemed hurt. Hmm. Which was a weird thing for me to be seeing on a 62-year-old white man. Oh, okay. Right? It, okay. Like to feel like he and I had had enough of a connection that when I told him there was a part of me that thought you would shoot me, made him hurt. To humanize himself, to be that vulnerable to, he didn't say that hurts my feelings. He didn't do that, yeah. but there was body language and there was a fucking vibe in the room. And I, and for him to put that vibe out there rather than being angry and defensive was a real moment that I think Let's bring it back to the record. Tom York needed more of in 1997 <laughs> when he was writing. Because OK Computer is such a fucking dystopic look at what yeah. the digital, the connectivity of, of humans via computers is, will be at the time, right? He's like, this. he's essentially saying this is going to be the end of humanity. And I mean, humanity doesn't give us a lot to be hopeful for, but it's also what we are and societies are held together by humans because mm-hmm. it's in our best interest and when we start to fracture society we start to run the risk of of going extinct right um which is a fucking dark and awful thought okay computers a great record 
It, it is. <laughs> this and whole conversation scene. is not about OK Computer, and yet it was supposed to be. But it, but it is, and I think that's, you know, it, it's always so. A lot of times when it's when we've come up to talk about, you know, the albums that we're going to do, and then actually get down to listening to it, you know, I try to I try to listen. I do try to listen to to it musically and and you know that that side of it um but also like I try to reconnect with with you know the feelings I had when I heard it or when I was mm-hmm. listening to it or as right. I've listened to it and that's and it, it's especially difficult sometimes with some of these you know widely acclaimed mm-hmm. um albums like Oga Computer I mean I th- I'm sure many many Radiohead fans, non-fans, or whatever, will argue that this is probably one of, if not their, their best album. Oh, I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm not a huge Radiohead fan. I'm a right. huge OK Computer fan. Well, yeah, I didn't. I I, I think it's absolutely their best. Aware of Radiohead before before this, yeah. and it, it, it was uh, it was you know when OK Computer came out, it was just like wow, okay, mm-hmm. this is there was so much to it. Um, I think before <laughs> working at the, uh, at the music land, I remember seeing an ad in like our, our stupid, you know, trade magazine that we put out like mm-hmm. the music land, whatever it was called. <laughs> it's like the, Post, the music land version of, of let's Herald. live magazine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's live. Let's live. Um, and there is a, an ad for um, what was the one before it? The Benz. The Benz, yeah. And it was it was billed, it said it right there on the ad, this year's Joshua Tree. <laughs> and so the Benz uh, was advertised as this year's Joshua Tree. Yeah. And so, you know, I I think yeah. What what people had about. it took it took people three people, meaning, you know, critics and nerds like us, to figure out what Radiohead was. Uh, yeah. And also for Tom York and and his mates to figure out what they were too, and that is something completely different. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna use the term alternative to describe a genre of music, it's, it's so many different things that aren't even, yeah. you know, they still use that now. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean anymore? Yeah. Uh, and it's almost like that, like OK Computer in and of itself was alternative to the alternative music that was out there. Yeah, I, I always, so I wasn't a fan of uh, Pablo Honey. Yeah. Creep was a pop song, it's fine. I didn't mm-hmm. hate it, but it, I didn't like it. Um, the Benz had some, I, I, I just didn't care. And none of it really, yeah. there were people that I knew that really liked that record. And generally they, I liked their taste. So I thought I'm supposed to like this, I, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna. It's just not gonna be in my in my cards. So I've heard the Benz plenty of times, but it just didn't connect with me. Right. But OK yeah. Computer, yeah, it was fucking wild. Um, I heard. I first heard it. I was not going to listen to it because I'm a fucking weirdo. I just wasn't going to. A creep. Um, yeah, because I'm a creep <laughs> and a loser. Um, but. Um, 
<laughs> it wasn't even a good joke and it completely got me off track. What was I trying to say? Oh, <laughs> I first heard, I, you were the one that, that let me listen to OK Computer first. And it was in the parking lot at Barton Creek Mall. We, had, I, we drove, it was right when I moved into your place. Oh, wow. And you, you got me that job at Gumballs. And <laughs> yeah. you were listening to it and I thought, this is fucking wild. There's a, like a mosquito buzzy tension through all of this record mm -hmm. that I can't, I don't know why it's there. Um, other than, I, you know, they used, I don't know, like technically, they had moved beyond just being a rock band and into somewhat of, a, of, a, of an electronic band in that they forego clean distortion, clean and distortion as guitar tones. Mm -hmm in favor of heavily affected uh, um, sounds. Yeah, right? that's, like, that, it that's wasn't, a great word. They were making uh, depth. Like all of these songs have so much, um, they feel like 3D moments that you're right. kind of in and immersed in um, rather than just a song. And that was a, I don't know that it was the first time I ever heard that, but it wasn't because there were plenty of other records uh, you know, particularly in jazz that really kind of gets you in that mm -hmm. sort of space, but never had it happen from a band that I was just flat out wasn't going to be a fan of on principle. Right. Um, <laughs> and it definitely changed the way people play guitar till now. I mean, oh, effects pedals absolutely. are kind of everything. And I, I remember being baffled by that record. Like, how does all of this sound like that? And finding all of the, the guitar parts was that was always a fun exercise for me like listening to bands mm -hmm. like oh you know this band has two guitars i want to be able to hear right <laughs> each guitar part into like i want to be able to know each guitar part and there's so many layers of it in this that it all starts to like blend together and i would like i don't know where one guitar is ending and another's beginning um and that was fucking great there was mm -hmm. so many like mental exercises i had to go through in listening to this record and I, and yet I did not want to like it. I fucking love this record so much. The, I, what's funny is that my, because of my penchant for the rhythm section and a conventional rhythm section at that, with the bass player in this band and the drummer communicate in weird ways relative to how I generally mm -hmm. like bass players and drummers to connect. Um, but, um, oh God, I don't remember the song. I'll tell, it doesn't matter. Their more conventional um, rock song on this record is so fucking good. And I am bummed that I'm having to look it up here and that I don't know the name. Um, it's after, uh, electioneering. Fucking oh, love yeah. electioneering so much, which is such a, and it's such a change from the song before it that fitter, fitter happier mm -hmm. is a, fucking that's a dystopic fucking oh, yeah, I know. computer mantra just pumped <laughs> into your ears to make you really uncomfortable it's really prescient too listen to it yeah when you listen to it in the context of america in 2020 um and the that digital disconnection between our humanity and um and the social requirements that our species has right um it's really uh, upsetting. Fitter, fitter, happier is an upsetting song. And so to go from that into electioneering is um, my favorite moment on this record.
Like there's there are better songs than right. all of that, but it's something about that transition, this the moment you enter into electioneering, which immediately feels like a fucking tight rhythm section that's really sort of propelling you forward, and it's 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 almost a danceable song. It is it's fucking great, and it really of, needed after fucking fitter happier. It kind of sounds so. So one thing that I notice is that if you look at the stuff that came out, especially out of the UK in the, in the earlier nineties, like a uh, rock, you know, stuff like Oasis and, and Blur mm-hmm. things like that. <clears throat> and then you look past 1987. Sort of, so stuff like, funny. so it's like they took parts they took what Oasis was trying to do and like did it. I don't want to say did it correctly, but did it in a way <laughs> that meant something to me. And yeah. this in the same way where, you know, you look at the other side of the mirror and it's like, oh, I can hear like Coldplay trying to capture this, totally. this, whatever they had in this song. They go, oh, yeah. I mean, shit, even a uh, uh, fucking dream theater when they, one of their albums, the the six degrees totally. album. Oh like they yeah. Were, they were oh, like yeah, in the yeah, studio yeah. and they're like, oh, these yeah, are, yeah. These are just some of the albums we've been listening to for inspiration. And it was like, you know, like Frank Zappa and and Yes. Mm-hmm. And they had this album, OK Computer, is one of their yeah. their it's inspirations. A... So their their influence is definitely <clears throat> far and wide just because of this album. Oh yeah. It it's um nothing of Nothing is going to be like it because it was the first of its kind. So there's lots of things like it there that try to be like it um, to varying degrees of success. But no, there's it's a special fucking record, um, mm-hmm. and its its melodies are not quite so conventionally written. I don't know that that's the right way I want to phrase that. I'm trying to piece this together as I say it. Um, the melodies are weird. That's probably an easier way to say this. Yeah. The melodies are weird, and yet they stick, and they really shouldn't, but they no, do. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, a slight change in how they do it, and it would be hard. A slight change to the melodies, be it in the, the rhythm of the melody or the the melody, right? Like uh, one note up or down yeah. at any point, or a quarter note turned into two eighth notes. Right, any little, mm-hmm. little tiny change in any of it, it would make it terrible. I, I don't have like a specific example. Uh, the par- paranoid android is probably one. Uh, airbag is one. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really want to like this melody, but I fucking love it. It just this doesn't feel like a pop song. It doesn't feel like a melody that's supposed to get stuck in my head, and it is stuck in my head. Um, and it's almost not. It's exactly what I wanted, and yet so close to being not what I wanted. It's great. Uh, that that was a weird way to phrase that. It was both like a very specific thing that I didn't know I wanted. And if any of it had been a little bit different, I don't think I would have liked it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So this is a super special record for that because they really, at least to my ear, walked such a fine line between that, that tiny, that between bad and, and great bad and good like there's such a tiny fine line there the last possible molecule of line <laughs> they walked it all the way through um from start to finish and the whole fucking record is amazing yeah uh yeah and it's one of those that's that is 
to me, like, because I revisit the songs a lot, like, they're always in playlists and things like that. So there are individual songs that that are great. And then just listening <clears throat> to the record, you know, all the way through is mm-hmm. is a you know, equally great, but different experience too, because you hear them in yeah. context with And it's, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I think for all intents and purposes, <laughs> intensive purposes, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a concept album, right? So it's yeah, designed to be heard all the way through, but it's also like this spawned. And I don't know if it was, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with Radiohead, but this was also the time of, um, like import singles and alternate tracks and B-side. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there wasn't just the album. Like there was, I, I don't I have to go back and look, but there's uh, I think there's like a, maybe it's, I don't know if it's this one or maybe a kid a, but there's just, uh, there's actually a box set that they released with just the, the singles, like the import singles that they released off the album. Cause they have, you know, B-sides and, mm-hmm. and like some super rare stuff. Um, I will say one thing like it doesn't I don't uh I don't care for it as much when I hear it live. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I guess I could see I guess I could see that. I've listened to one live recording. I think it's because of the I don't know who produced this record either. I don't know if they I don't think they produced it themselves. I think they had somebody. But whoever did really did capture that immersion in a i'm going to use an overused term in the effects pedal world a soundscape like it really is an immersive soundscape kind of a record you really need to hear it in stereo you really need to hear it with headphones you really kind of have to hear how everything moves dimensionally around your head um and it's yeah i could see how that's not reproducible that effect is not reproducible in a live setting. I imagine it'd be different. I, I wonder what seeing them actually perform live would do. Because hearing it recorded, you're hearing the soundboard mix. You're not hearing the intent of the producer from that record. Right. So I'm, I was saying earlier, I think I've heard a live recording of this. I don't remember it. So it must not have been as magical as actually hearing what happened in the studio. Didn't they record this in a castle too? Uh, yes, shit. so uh, pulling up some of that. So it was it was self-produced uh, with uh, Nigel Godrich, um, which they used, I guess, that for their later albums. Um, other than the song "Lucky," it was recorded in the in a hit in the historic mansion, St. Catherine's Court. Oh, is that a castle or is it just a house? Wouldn't that be great if it was just like a sub development? like in a suburb it's just like a you know little mansion with the absolutely two-car garage and (laughs) security alarms everywhere and cameras sick pool with a slide in the back fuck yeah bro (laughs) yeah yeah I, i can imagine Seeing it live, I would be. I would love to have seen it live. I, mean, I don't know I, why I never thought about it. I never once thought about seeking out a Radiohead concert to hear them play um, OK Computer. It was what, back in like 98 or something? Yeah, 98 was when I first heard it because it had been out for a year before I bothered with it. Because mm-hmm. I moved to 98. I moved to Austin in 98 uh, into your place. It was summer of 98. That was the first time I heard it. 
So maybe they weren't even touring anymore. But I, even then, I, know. I don't think I would have wanted to go see them live. I just, uh, you know, like I listened to their to their later stuff, and and you know that you know, talking about electronic getting more electronic and more. I mean, yeah, they even yeah. went full totally. Jethro Tull with like two drummers, and you know, like <laughs> <laughs> went went in that stage. Oh, but yeah. I listened to that stuff, but it's like I never stopped listening to. Okay, the, to me that was always yeah, yeah. the new Radiohead. You know, the new Radiohead that yeah. I that i wanted to listen to and uh you know the like uh, there were some there were some really good albums that came after that but it it just never it never had the effect on me that okay computer did yeah i there's a couple of bands that that do that for me like i think of converge i like all of converge's records but none of them do for me what jane doe did for instance and okay computer is another one i like a lot of after that yeah. When they were no longer just a like a British rock band, but were, yeah. they were now a thing. They were now Radiohead. Yeah, they weren't just one of the 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 performers at a you know at a cavalcade of fucking British rock. It was Radiohead. It was just this thing. Yeah. Um, so everything after that, Kid A was hard for me. Um, but after Kid A, I got I eventually came around to Kid A. But I, I've liked all the Radiohead records since. I'm not gonna do the inventory of them all but uh never yeah. as much as fucking okay computer none of them did it none of them scratched that itch and it might be it is all nostalgia maybe it is because i'm thinking of sitting in your accord in the parking lot at barton creek mall oh, not sure. wanting to go in there to finish this song because <laughs> this fucking song is so goddamn good i just never heard anything like that i think it is all nostalgia for that thing everybody wants to sound like radiohead now always and forever yeah until the next thing happens that everybody will shift to and want to sound like. Yeah, I'm sure I would have, you know, and yeah, I was working at the, at the video store at Suncoast at this time. So, you yeah. know, we weren't playing, uh, weren't playing CDs, but if I was still at music land, I'd be playing the shit out of this. Oh yeah. Like, I feel like I did hear it a lot in, on the radio around like that, when I was living in Austin around that time. Well, it did have like, yeah, especially in Austin, but I mean, it, you know, those songs that have commercial, you know, you know, Kings of pop success. I mean, karma police and, mm -hmm. uh, um, paranoid Android. Um, <laughs> and even just, you know, they'd appear on, um, soundtracks and things like that. Yeah. Like I know exit music for a film was actually, uh, it showed up at the end of it, you know, like on the credit and then totally. it, the film, I was going to say it escapes me, escapes me now. Um, escapes you for your, <laughs> I love, here's our El Paso pronunciation. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, like it was on, it was on a number of uh, mainstream radio stations. I'm looking at, The um, I don't know. There's a weird. There's a weird um, version on on Apple Music of OK Computer. That's titled OK Computer. OK, not OK. Ninety seven, twenty seventeen, and so. Um, Oh, so it's it's okay, computer, and then it's like the unreleased tracks and B sides on it. 
so you know that's that's always interesting because you kind of you know get a look at at it's i guess it's always fun to speculate like where where they intended to fit that in yeah and then like why why it wasn't included in that like they they obviously there's enough songs that could have been a double album but maybe that's i know i want to listen to these i didn't know that this existed now i'm glad yeah. that uh i'm glad to hear it i'm absolutely going to uh search this out now send you the link to it as we were talking thank you you're welcome Thank you for listening to this episode of Fairweather Friends. Don't forget to click subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Feel free to connect with us by leaving us a voice message at anchor.fm slash fairweatherfriends. Also, you can connect with us on social media.